0: Welcome to the Food, Peace, Please podcast, co-hosted by Serena Marie, RD, creator of Food Freedom Fit Fam, and Susan Ports, RD, creator of Fertility Nutrition Academy. Our joint mission is to empower women to embrace food freedom. We want women to realize there's more to life than changing your body and counting your calories, macros, or points. While we are medical professionals, this podcast is informational only and not meant as a substitute for individual medical advice. Now, let's get this party started.
1: Welcome to another episode of Food, Peace, Please, Pod, it is October. It is the month of ghouls, goblins, and the scariest thing of all, Halloween candy. <laughs> JK, candy's not scary, but we're going to talk about how to make sure candy isn't scary if you have a bunch of it in your household today. But before we dive in, I wanted to give a shout out to the thankful for you review of the week. So if you um have your review read on our pod, then you can send Susan or me a DM on Instagram ask us any question at all, and you're going to get some personalized coaching over DM. So make sure you leave us a review. It helps the podcast grow. And like I said, every single time you leave a review, you are entering for a lifetime chance to be chosen as the for you review of the week. So this week, Susboo23 left us a review. I loved every second of this. I felt like I learned so much just after the first episode and I'm excited to keep listening and building my relationship with food. I feel like they're my new best friends. So suspoo twenty three, thanks so much for leaving us a review. And if you hear us, then make sure you send us a DM. Uh, Susan and me would be very happy to answer any question you have. So I've been talking a lot, Susan. What's up over there? What's new with you? Oh,
0: good question. Honestly, like, okay, so I've just been like enjoying all things fall, um, and. A couple weekends ago, I went with a friend and we saw Wicked on Broadway, which was like my first time seeing Wicked. It was so good. So good. And it was my first time actually going to a Broadway show since like high school. So anyways, super fun. And that... Really? And now we're kind of like, we spent like the day we, before we went to the show, we like walked all around Central Park and it was like the perfect fall day. And then now we're like, uh, we need to go back when the colors change. So we're planning to go back in a few weeks. just to Are you going to
1: see a show again?
0: I don't think we're going to see a show again. We're actually going to take our husbands with us this time. And I think we're going to do like, you know, cliche touristy stuff. And of course, walk around Central Park because we have to see the colors. But Yes. So,
1: have you been listening to the Wicked soundtrack like nonstop?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yesterday, okay. <laughs> yesterday I did like so Peloton has like some Wicked uh, themed uh, classes. So, yesterday I did the strength and I'm saving my like actual Peloton is in Pennsylvania and I'm in Wisconsin right now. So, I'm saving the Peloton the ride uh, for when I get back to Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs> I actually haven't done that one yet, which is crazy because I love Wicked. I love all things Broadway. So I need to get on that. I
0: know. Uh, okay. Well, we can talk a lot about Broadway and <laughs> what shows you've seen and what shows you want to see. Because since we went, we were like, we need to go more and take advantage of right now we live like driving distance into the city Serena knows that but you know it only takes us like an hour and a half to get into the city and it's super convenient we're not gonna have that when we're back in Wisconsin so it's a little bit less complicated right now okay also when we were leaving Wicked we saw Hugh Jackman
1: what oh my god he was watching Wicked he was like in the audience with you no he was walking on the street wow that is really cool what a great celeb sighting yeah so we were like we're like it's a sign we need to go to the music man yes yes oh my god that's totally a sign
0: yes oh
1: my god yeah I saw Sarah Jessica Parker once um at a Broadway show which was like the best spotting ever because I'm a humongous sex in the city fan like the biggest Sex in the City fan. Um, but I really want to see Funny Girl right now. Did you ever watch that movie with Barbara Streisand? No. Oh, my God. It's my favorite movie of all time, and it's on um, Broadway right now. And Leah Michelle, who's like the star from Glee, I don't know if you know her, she's starring in it. And so this is like my must-see, must-do musical. I'm going to go with My Best Friend in a few weeks here. Oh. So, yeah.
0: That's so exciting. Yeah. Um, okay, you'll have to let me know how it is. I will, I will. Okay, well anyways, less about Broadway, more about you. <laughs> so, no, what's
1: new with you? Um, what's new with me? I am running a half marathon this weekend. So, um, I kind of I've been sharing this all along, but essentially, you know, uh over the summer, training kind of took a hit to wedding planning, which is totally fine, totally cool. And now kind of like building back my, my fitness, um, after losing it all over the summer. Um, so I'm excited to race this weekend. It's going to be more of just like a fun race and less of a, Competitive one. Um, this is kind of random, but I, I just learned this recently, and I think this would be kind of interesting for like the listeners to hear. So, I um, we've had Brianna Campos on our podcast before, and she's a social worker that I work with to help me just become, you know, the the best able to teach body image and help women heal their body image. And I had posted recently on Instagram how I felt like I was getting in shape again. Like I was like, you know, after losing all this fitness over the summer, I feel like I'm in better shape now. I'm in shape again. And Brie had kind of like very gently and kindly um, like pointed out how that term being in shape can be sort of like um, a toxic phrase to use. And I had literally never realized or even thought about the fact that like in shape, quote unquote, literally mentions shape (laughs) in like the shape of your body. And it totally blew my mind because that's the kind of thing where I've said that like a billion times, I've never been referring to like the way I look like my size. I've always just thought of like my fitness, but it was so interesting. Cause when she pointed that out, I was like, Oh my God, like that's not what I meant. Like I, my body shape looks the same as it did over the summer. Like the, the size of my body, I mean, but I'm, I was referring to fitness. So I don't know. I thought that was really cool. And so I've been really just kind of like working on when I'm talking about my fitness level to, to say like, I'm feeling fitter. I'm feeling like my endurance has improved rather than saying I'm in shape. And I thought that was like, I don't know. I love, I just love learning. I mean, in a way it's depressing, but like our language and our culture is so fat phobic and is like Mm -hmm. so setting us up to constantly be thinking about like our physical appearance and our body size in a way that like I didn't even realize I was doing it. So anyway, I'm feeling fitter, (laughs) not in shape. I'm feeling fitter and I'm excited about that. And I'll be racing this weekend at Hartford. Um, And, you know, then hopefully I'll be an even better fitness level (laughs) uh, for the Philly half in November. I wonder too,
0: when you're saying that, I was thinking about like stronger, maybe like that's like part of like what you feel like you just feel stronger. Um, And like you said, I think a lot of it does have to do with endurance for
1: obviously as a runner, like you're thinking about the
0: endurance standpoint of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, a stronger is a great word. I'm fitter. I, I, you know, whatever, whatever. It's just, it's just like, I literally, as I'm talking to you, I'm actively correcting myself to not Mm -hmm. say in shape because I've just always said in shape. Like I wanted to say, hopefully I'll be in even better shape by the Philly half in November. But like I, I'm trying to not say that anymore because right. some people interpret that as I'm hoping my body will have a different shape and and that's not – that's not right. at all what I'm talking about. So I don't know. I'm just – I'm learning with everyone else and I just think it's always interesting to like be vulnerable and help people realize like we're all on this journey together. We all grew up in this extremely fat phobic culture and like I don't know. It's just cool to kind of learn and grow together. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, that kind of takes us into our topic for today. I mean, it's a little different, but along the same line. Uh, because we're, we want to talk about like Halloween candy and just candy and sugar and like all the demonizing that happens around like candy and sugar. And like, I just feel like people, like we, like our culture has become, it's interesting when you think about like, how things have happened probably over the last, like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years where it's, it's getting worse over time. And I don't know if you feel like that, but I definitely feel like it's getting worse. Like the demonizing is getting worse. The like trying to make things with less sugar to make it more quote unquote healthy. Like it's just, it's getting worse over time and it's, it's just kind of sad.
1: It's really sad. And I think I think the thing that makes me – I don't know. I hate, like, coming from this, like, angry perspective because I don't want to seem like I'm this, like, angry, bitter woman. But, like, the thing that, like, annoys me is how – we, we disguise things now as it being, you know, in the pursuit of health. Like, oh, I don't care about your body size. Like, oh, I'm not doing this to lose weight. Like I'm doing it to be healthy. And it's like, dude, shut up. This is just the diet industry, like catching on to what's been going on in our culture where people are trying to say that they're less consumed with like their image and physical appearance and they're more concerned with their health. And so we're just like basically like, taking like skinny culture, diet culture, lose weight culture, and we're like putting a different hat on it. But it's the same exact thing. And the reason this makes me so upset is because it's going to breed the same exact consequences of women being obsessed with food, binging on food, being afraid of food, and cause all the same systemic stress cycles that we've talked about in so many episodes here. Whether it's like, I'm doing this to lose weight, slash, I'm doing this to be healthier. Like, it doesn't matter. It's the same exact, like, thing, just like being called something different. Like, wellness culture is literally just diet culture wearing a different hat.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, the, like, I feel like, too, like, what, well, like, we're saying here is like the, like, frustration and the anger that, like, you maybe, like, hear in, like, our voices, like, when we talk about this stuff is not at, like, you as, like, the consumer. It's at, like, the, like, society. It's at, like, the way that our culture, like, has formed around food. And, you know, I think it's, like, actually really interesting to say that and maybe, like, you might not realize this if you, like, from the United States and haven't traveled much outside or haven't learned much about other cultures, but other cultures don't have these exact same like feelings around food and same like rules. Like other cultures like spend a lot more time like embracing like the pleasures of food and spend a lot more time eating meals and cooking meals and like their whole entire culture is just completely different. Like I think about like, I feel like one of the big cultures that they talk about in intuitive eating and in a lot of um, research studies about like food is um, in like France, how like the French like approach food and like how like their lifestyles are just so incredibly like different. Like they don't work as many hours as we do. They get like longer lunch breaks for like siestas and to like and just so you know, like they probably go out to eat like for their lunch, but like they have like more time and it's just like they're enjoying their food. They're not feeling like all this like guilt and shame. It's just it it's just worth noting that like not every single culture has these same like feelings about food that we do.
1: Yeah, I I love that. And it's it's basically what you're saying. It's about the experience or like the relationship with the candy rather than it being the candy. Susan, what about like for people that are like thinking, you know, I won't buy – and I don't know brand names, guys, of things. But like I won't buy like M&Ms, but I'll buy the like organic – made with organic cane sugar or, like, raw honey version from Whole Foods for, like, $26 a pound. <laughs> like, like, what about those people who are thinking, like, you know, there's a difference between the generic candy and, like, the organic whatever version?
0: I think that it's safe to say that that's just, like, another version of wellness culture, right? Like, uh, it's – and it's trying to like, it, it's a marketing thing. It's a, it's completely a marketing thing. Marketing towards people that are concerned about wellness and health and thinking that by eating cane sugar, which is literally the exact same as white sugar. It, it's literally the exact same thing. Um, it, into thinking like that that is like somehow like healthier or better for you. Or like, I think too a lot about don't you see stuff about like, dyes that are in food you know like dye free and like all this stuff and like I know that some people truly do have allergies to like the dyes that are in food but like um it just Just, it's really like playing into this whole like wellness culture I think and it's it you don't and also I'm what I'm going to add is sometimes those foods are not nearly as satisfying and like the taste isn't the same. And so if you're going for an M&M and then you eat something else and it doesn't taste the same, you're not going to feel satisfied. And so then you're like more likely to keep eating. So you're like, you're so much better off to just allow yourself. And that's something that like I noticed big time when I just like allowed myself to eat those things. Like I would eat them and I would just be able to like move on. Like I wouldn't like overeat. Like I would tend to overeat in the past, like, because I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I can't have this again. Like, and, but like when I allowed myself to eat it, like I would just eat some of it and move on. And now things like, I think we've talked about this, uh, like uh, things like Halloween candy could stay in our house for a really long time because we just, uh, like I, I can eat some of it and I can move on and I don't think about it. And that's kind of like the beauty.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's literally all about the relationship. So like whether it's the like $78 per pound organic version or the like $2 drugstore version, If your relationship with food is like, I can't have this, this is bad, I can only have one serving size, I need to put it in my my fitness pal and track it in order to allow myself to have it or I need to save up – like whatever. If there is drama surrounding the food, I don't care like what it is. Like your relationship with it is bad and therefore, one, you're creating stress in your body which is not healthy. So hello, wellness culture, suck on that. And then two, like – you are not going to have the, the the calm, peaceful experience with your Halloween candy that like, dude, you're entitled to have. Um, and, and I, and I just think it's like, it doesn't matter. Like Susan just said, like whether it's cane sugar or organic cane sugar, a carb is a carb is a carb. Like it all breaks down into the same glucose, fructose, or galactose when it gets to your bloodstream. Like there's no other option. So, you know, I think just kind of reminding you that no matter what the Halloween candy is, the important thing is to have a good relationship with the candy when it's in your household. So maybe we can kind of share some tips of like how – you know, we changed our relationship, how we help our clients change their relationship so that if you are listening to this and you're like, dude, if Snickers comes into my house, I inhale it. I need to hide it. I can't have it in my house. Like we can at least start to try and get you to the place where the Snickers will sit in your freezer for months and months and months and you'll forget about it because that's where I'm at. And let me tell you right now, at one point in my life, that was not true.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. One of the things I was thinking about as you were saying that is one, like making sure that you're not like hungry all the time. So that means like actually like having like balanced meals and snacks like throughout the day. Because if you're starving yourself, like on, I shouldn't say that you're necessarily starving yourself, but if you're just not eating, enough throughout the day, like you're going to be more hungry. And so then when you do come across like some of like those sweets, you are more likely to like eat more of them. And also like at the time, like when you get hungry, your body wants quick energy. So it's going to want carbohydrates. So that's where like a lot of people tend to then like eat the candy and then feel like oh my gosh, like I can't stop because like they haven't ate enough. Their body wants quick energy. And then by the time you actually like realize like you've ate a lot, like then you don't feel great. So I think one of the biggest things is just making sure that you're eating enough throughout the day first.
1: Yeah. I think that – I wasn't even going to go there today, but that's like a very valid point is like if you're under eating, um, then no matter how much permission or good relationship you have with the candy – your body is smart. It needs energy and it knows candy gives it energy. So you're going to want to, you're going to crave large amounts of it. I, I think like, and this is like one of the first places in food, freedom, fit fam, like where we start. And I'm assuming in your program too, Susan, where like, it's making sure you're eating enough. And, you know, I think for me, what I see in runners often is that women don't give themselves permission to eat until they are super hungry like, oh my God, I'm faint from hunger. I feel sick. My head hurts. I'm dizzy. I'm hangry. Now I'm allowed to eat versus, you know, really kind of like giving yourself that permission that like when you feel those like gentle signs of hunger, whether like your belly is rumbling or you start thinking about food or, you know, you notice, hey, it's been three hours since my last meal. Like, that's really like when you eat then, when you give yourself permission to have a, a meal or a snack at that point before you've gotten over hungry, it is so much easier to eat enough food during the day versus if we're in this constant place of like waiting way too long to eat, getting really super freaking hungry, you know, that's like a really, um, it, it makes it harder to get enough energy. But then also it's just like you're kind of like flirting with disaster all day because you're like constantly getting to that point of like being starving. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then you're just way more likely to overeat and then you're not going to feel controlled like around the food. So I, I think that and then the other thing I think of too is like if you're really just not feeling comfortable around candy at all right now, like let's just pick like one type of candy. Like what is one thing like I'll tell you, one of my favorites is like Twix bars. So good. So good. So good.
1: So good. Like the caramel and the bite and the crunch and the chocolate.
0: It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, So say, for example, you're like me and that's like one of your favorites, but you just don't feel control around it. Like We really want to start with picking like one. And doing kind of more of an experiment with it, right? Like where you can, you're actually giving yourself the permission to sit down and to eat it and keeping it available. I feel like that's one of the bigger things. I don't know if that's what you talk to your clients about too, is like keeping it available.
1: Yeah, totally. I actually love that, you know, hopefully this podcast will go out kind of earlier in October. Um, And that way, you know, if Halloween's really the stressful day when your kid's going to come home with like 4,000 different types of candy, like I love this idea of like picking one to start with, your favorite one that you feel like you have the least amount of control, and buying bags of that like that way your brain knows that if you have 10 pieces, there's still a whole lot more, right? It's literally about creating this sense of safety that there's not scarce, that's not a scarce resource. So, um, I love this idea of like picking one candy, doing it early in the month before like all the crazy amounts of candy come in the house on Halloween. So you can start getting used to it. And then I always tell my clients, like, I don't want you, I don't know. I feel like this tends to happen where people will only eat candy as like dessert. So like, it's like, okay, after dinner, I can have my candy. Or like, maybe it's like when they come home from work, it's like, okay, when I come home from work, I can finally have my candy. And I want you instead to like Build it into your meals. Like, bring it with your lunch. Bring it with your afternoon snack. Like, have it on your dinner plate. Like, literally, like, have the Twix. Like, we'll just stick with Twix. Like, pack it for work. Like, I, I don't want it to be like I'm only allowed to have it after I finish my dinner plate. Like it's just a food. It's a food you're craving. It's a food that you're probably going to be really excited to eat. So don't set any boundaries around when you can eat it. Like literally, if you want to have it with your breakfast, you can. And this is very intentionally being done to just tell and reassure your brain that it's not going anywhere. Like it's just a food. When you crave it, you honor the craving and you'll start to notice that you'll feel way calmer around that candy.
0: Yeah. So this, like what we're describing is like creating like habituation, right? Like we're describing like by keeping it more available and like eating it with meals and like eating it more frequently, like you're creating like that safety inside of your brain to a lot, like show yourself that it is available and that you can eat it versus that scarcity mindset of like, oh, I can't, like, I can have this, but I can't have any more. And that scarcity mindset is what kind of causes you to, like, go into that mindset of, like, it's an all or nothing thing. Like, I have to eat, like, all of the candy. Um, So that I would say that's, that's what we're describing here is, like, keeping yourself sustained, like eating consistent meals, but then like also allowing yourself and keeping the candy available and incorporating it as part of your meals to just make it be more of a natural. And like, honestly, what it really is, is like taking it off the pedestal. Yeah. Like, I I feel like um, what happens a lot is these types of foods, like candy, get put up on a pedestal and we just want to like take it down and bring it. So it's on the same playing field as everything else that you eat.
1: And I think, you know, and if this feels really scary, like I I don't want you to think like Susan and I are like, okay, and then just do this and just do this. And we're like disregarding like how scary this can be. Like, clearly we understand like what an emotional um, and difficult process this can be. That's why we have private practices <laughs> where we help women like, you know, break down this cycle and support them in this journey. But if you're kind of doing this solo um, and you get to the point where you're adding in the Twix and you notice all the feelings coming up as you're like giving yourself that unconditional permission to eat the food, it's really important to like write down those beliefs, like write down those thoughts, right? Because if you and I are just sitting here and we're like, okay, so just eat the Twix and like put it on your lunch, your lunch, uh, plate. And then you're doing it and you're thinking, oh my gosh, if I eat this Twix, I'm going to get diabetes. Or, oh my gosh, my mom always said, if I eat, you know, candy with, um, lunch, my teeth are going to fall out, like whatever, or I'm going to gain weight. Like it's important to like jot down the scary beliefs and rules that are coming up for you as you're like in this process of habituation. And that way you can journal it out. You can, you know, follow Susan and me on Instagram. You can always send us a DM like we know that there's more to this it's more dramatic than just hey follow these these like steps and you'll be at peace we realize that but you are an intelligent Woman, you are able to use your brain here and acknowledge all the fear that's coming up for you, and then get the support in order to process those feelings and those thoughts, rationalize them, and really figure out what's the best choice for you and your body. Um, so, I just want to kind of like address that. Like, there's it's more dramatic than maybe it sounds when we're just kind of listing out these here. Um, but we just want to acknowledge that's normal and that's okay. And you're going to be able to get over that hump as long as you, like, get the resources and the support that you need as those feelings are coming up for you.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think it's just important to remember that, like, doing these things are not designed to be, like, doing it by yourself. And, like, getting that support is – can be critical, really, in, like, helping you get to where you want to go and also doing it in a time frame that, like, doesn't feel like you're spending – tons of time trying to like figure it out on your own. I think the support is really critical.
1: I totally agree. Okay. So before we go here, Susan, I want to ask you, do you have like a crazy, um, like Halloween candy story? Like, I don't know, like a time you tried to make like sugar-free cookies or like, I don't know, just like any kind of like orthorexia shout out, like, God, I'm so happy I'm past that terrible phase in my life story to share.
0: So I, I, well, I, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I've made like sugar-free cookies not sugar-free, but essentially sugar-free cookies. So I did that at Christmas, but Halloween, I honestly, for me, it was like, I feel like I just like didn't let myself eat it or like it was very, very minimal. I just, I did not allow it or maybe like a few pieces and it just like takes away from the experience I feel like.
1: Absolutely. What about you? Yeah, I'm just remembering, um, you know, and runners love talking about poop. So, uh, (laughs) like, I just remember buying all this, like, sugar-free Russell Stover candy, like, instead of, like, the real deal. And that stuff's, like, loaded with sugar alcohols, um, which make you poop. So I ate – you know, I was struggling with binge eating. So I ended up like binging like this massive amount of sugar alcohol candy. And then I like wanted to go run because I felt guilty and I had just really nasty GI issues from all the sugar alcohol. So I don't know. I'm like kind of thinking back like, God, Serena, if you had just had like, you know, a couple of Milky Way... Like, come on, that would have been so much less dramatic than eating like two bags of Russell Stover sugar-free chocolate, whatever, that tasted like crap. Um, So yeah, that's my uh, really nasty Halloween story to share from my diet days.
0: I also feel like there was probably a time frame when I was like handing out candy where I like thought about giving like something healthy. And the only reason why I probably didn't was because my husband was like, Susan, I don't want our house to
1: get egged. (laughs) Oh my God. Eric saved the neighborhood. (laughs) He did. He did. He's probably like, Susan, that's just ridiculous. (laughs) I definitely remember being like, I was like young, so maybe like a teenager, but being like, I'm going to give out raisins. Like, I'm going to give out like the little boxes of raisins and like... I mean, no, that's not how. You guys, no <laughs>
0: one wants reasons for Halloween. No I, I love mean, reasons. I remember getting them as a kid and throwing them away.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm like, oh thanks for breakfast. Like, what is this? Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Well,
0: stay tuned. We will see you next time
1: thank you for joining us. If you're a female athlete looking to heal your relationship with your body, head to Serenamarierd.com to download my free runner's guide to better body image. And if you're trying to conceive, head over
0: to freedom.fertility on Instagram to grab your free starter guide for food freedom, fertility, nutrition.